Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. Hello and welcome into Smooth Operators, WEGL 91.1 FM's exclusive Formula One show. Today, we have to break down why Max Verstappen is a world champion once again in the most unsurprising finish to a season ever. Max Verstappen is for the third time in the row, yes, third time in a row, your F1 2023 driver champion with Red Bull being the wor- the constructors champion. My name is Noah Phillips, Griggs Blankenburst to the right of your radio dial and Ben McClurkin to the left of your radio dial. We are going to have some fun today, boys. We are season finale, our Christmas episode. Yes. Smooth Operators. Yes. We're, we're not going to, every holiday, we're and, not going to get, we're not going to have, we don't have any really like holiday themes, but we're just saying that to get well, the extra numbies. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy New Year's. Uh, happy Hanukkah. Happy happy holidays, everybody. Um, but let's go ahead and just, we have so much to talk about today. Let's get right into we. it. We're going to talk first about the Las Vegas Grand Prix, since we did not yes. get to talk about it the other day. I don't know why Discord was just popping up on my computer. Let's go ahead and quit that. Thank you. Well, anyways. Uh, but yes, again, shocker, Max Verstappen wins the Las Vegas Grand Prix in yes. P1. In P2 was Charles Leclerc Ferrari. P3. Sergio Perez, followed by Esteban Alcon of Alpine P4, which means Griggs' prediction of an Alpine in the top five is a winner. Yes. Ooh. Did the curse be broken? We'll see. The curse be broken. Um, um, Stroll in fifth, Sainz sixth, Hamilton seventh, Russell eighth, Alonzo ninth, and rounding out the points course, Piastri in tenth. Yeah, so my, my Hamilton prediction for that race didn't really play out the way that I expected it to after he had a horrible, horrible, horrible qualifying. Um, now, I will own up to it, though. Uh, my prediction for incidents in the race or the way that the race would go was absolutely correct. There was, as a matter of fact, a first corner pileup, just as I had predicted. I called it. I called it. Just going to say. Uh, <laughs> look, and, I, and I'm really not, I'm not one to toot my own horn. I'm, a lot of people saw that coming, but it, you heard it here first. Um <laughs> So, yes, there was that. There were... um retirements and all kinds of craziness and you know we we had covered the um fan experience on our last episode and kind of discussed how how we expected things to go and i I really would like to say that f1 redeemed itself with the race um surprisingly to me the track actually wound up being fairly good for overtaking and on track action i mean you know it's still is a street circuit, but it's it's no ba- it's no uh, Bahrain, if that makes sense. But you know what? I would just like to bring up the fact that my prediction would have been correct if F one did not hurt my boy Carlos Sainz, dude. Out you, of you made that prediction after he got the penalty. Well, they I don't still, know what you expected. I can't help that F one uh, don't know wheel. All right, I can't help that <laughs> they don't know wheel. And they make wheel. They do not make wheel. They make Pirelli wheel make, product. Pirelli makes, makes wheel, Ben. They make wheel product. Yeah. F one hire Pirelli. Therefore but, Pirelli make F one wheel. But no, like I 
thoroughly enjoyed this race. It was really late at night for me when I went back yeah. home. 1 a.m. in Charlotte when I got back. Ended up staying up the whole race because I'm like, ah, it's going to be Max going to run away with it. But no, the on-track action that happened was so much better than I actually assumed, especially that last lap kind of battling with a bit out with like, um, even though he... Alonzo and Perez? Yeah, no, that was a couple weeks ago. I'm sorry, not that one. <laughs> that no, was sorry. not. That, that was, was not the there. No, but there was there. there was some last lap action. There was Alonzo again. Yeah, it was Alonzo and Russell, right? Or no, I, there was someone battling look at, at the very end. Look at end. the finishing. Charles Leclerc. Look at the finishing order. Put off an amazing uh, pass. Oh, yeah, no, that's what I meant. Yeah, Charles Leclerc. That's what I meant. My bad. But yeah, no, with the way he was able to get past Perez, kind of on that last straight, the second longest in F one. I mean, yeah, overtake I, of the year, of the month according to Formula One, which is kind of ridiculous, honestly. DRS passes suck. Um, but he sent it though; it was awesome. Like he, like. But yeah, did it he, into a coconut there between Perez and the barrier. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I, I just think I think DRS passes are very ingenuous or disingenuous to the actual spirit of overtaking. The whole point of overtaking used to be, you know, wait till you can get them on a close corner when they're breaking and you can break harder than them. And, I mean, that still happens from time to time, but now it's get the better drive out of the corner so that you can go faster down the straight and then with the extra help of DRS, you don't have to actually make a move. You can just kind of go around them. You know, it is what it is. I mean, I think it's going to be good next year, too. They already have one year on the belt. They were having to do so much. I mean, we've talked about this. The first race where Formula 1 is do, was doing it all themselves, really. Yeah. They spent $500 million on the track, made, um, almost 50% of it on the new Pits. start line where the giant F1 logo, like the new yeah, paddock area the, for that. The paddock. Mm-hmm. Permanent, permanent paddock. The permanent, permanent paddock. Permanent which paddock. Is, I, I mean, you know, for considering the fact that F1 is going to race their – once a year, I think it's a bit overkill to have a permanent paddock in the middle of a very expensive piece of real estate. I think they have like they'll have like offices and stuff there. Yeah, probably for F one, F one offices. But and I really stuff like that. Like but. this race after from the turnaround ahead from P one, uh, from uh, practice session one to the, the end of the race. I mean, night and day. I mean, they did a great yeah. job. I thought, especially. Yeah. Considering the circumstances, new track, new everything. I, mean, I thoroughly the, enjoyed watching that. And I mean, the the racing was helped also by the really poor track quality. Um, a lot of a lot of the excitement was caused by the track still being flawed. Mm. And I'm okay with the imperfection and the colder weather. The colder weather, but, um, the the lack of rubber on track, and I mean everything that could have made it a disaster made it entertaining. And I think that's something street circuits should take note of. It's it doesn't have to be this sterile go fast 90 degree turn go fast 90 degree turn um like like controlled environment i think it's okay to have you know like i'm not gonna say what bernie eccleston said he said one time that he wants like sprinklers on track and reverse grids just to mix up everything and i don't know if he said that seriously or not you can never tell with him but um I mean, you know, like I'm not saying that, but it's it's okay to have less grip. It's okay to have less surface, I, because I want these guys to be pushing the limit, not necessarily be doing the maximum. Does that make sense? If you're talking about, we should add items like Mario Kart. I disagree with that entirely. <laughs> Banana peels, blue shell, you mm, that'd be cool. You man. know, we like, figure out how to do blue. Have shell. no barriers, just racing space, bro. Need, Rainbow Road. We need to do mm. the opposite of the Formula E fan boost. So if there's a driver they really don't like, we need to slow them down. Yeah. Oh <laughs> All right. But anything else before we transition to our next, uh, the the last race of the season? Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Lando's car. Yes. 
I wanted to RIP say RIP to Lando Norris's McLaren at that race. I mean, that thing was destroyed. Um, so yeah, that was that was a big incident. That would, um, that, that, that would get the, the wind knocked out of my lungs a little bit too. Yeah. Do you want to talk about like the recovery drive that uh, Alonso had after getting spun out on turn one? Like he he drove a really really good race. I, I know he finished behind Stroll, but the fact that he was at one point in nineteen kind of reminds me about Bahrain, where Stroll kind of hit Alonso on that first turn. He ends up coming back around and getting P three. Oh yeah, kind of reminded me of that a little yeah, bit. A little bit. Uh, and I mean, you know, sorry, I misspoke earlier um, when I said it's no Bahrain. It's actually no Baku, which was the street circuit I was. Actually, referring to that Bahrain. Who feels more like an actual race circuit, though. No, Just the way it's kind of set up. No, I, I think out you take the castle portion out of it. I think it's like a yeah. Las Vegas doesn't feel like uh, it feels too much like a street circuit. It feels just like you're driving on the street. <laughs> it feels like you're playing GTA. Yeah, with all the with everything around it. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it just does not. It feels completely detached from Formula One. It just kind of is like, if you're watching an onboard, you're kind of like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. And I think it's very interesting and opens up a lot for the entertainment aspect of the sport. But as we said last week, you know, I think if F1 wants to stick with Vegas past 2020, what was it, 2026, 2027, however long their deal was with them, if they want to stick with them past that, they need to decide if they want to make it an actual race and change the track or if it just is going to be a spectacle. Because it's really hurting their numbers right now, already having 24 races. Um, numbers have been down for the third year in a row, and Vegas was supposed to boost that. It didn't, and Abu Dhabi is... At this point, we'll just talk about the, Abu Dhabi yeah. next. Abu next Dhabi is a, a victim of that, and we'll get more into that later. But, no, like, I thought it was good this year now, but with, like, everything that kind of went along with it, like, what the on-track action looked like, it's just a matter of they can't replicate that every year. So no. they either have to, like figure out stuff on the track. I mean, of course it's going to be, be prompt. It's the first one forming the one who's taking control of, like, everything. Yeah. So I, I imagine it'll get better next year. And they spent way, way too, too much, much money especially for it not to go well. <laughs> they will be renewing that past what the, their current contract is because $240 million is not a, not pocket change for yeah. anyone. And I, I don't mean, care what you say. I don't who know. it is. If you look back, there are tracks that F1 had, like, very, very short-term running at. You know, we talked about Korea – in a previous episode um, when we were building up to the Vegas race. And we talked about how there was so much money spent on that, not by F1, but by, you know, the promoters and the organizers. And F1 stayed there for three years, lost money, and left. And I think if Vegas is a cause of that, you know, it's going to it's gonna really hurt. But also, we'll, I'll, take, I'll take a Vegas if it's just pure entertainment as long as I get to have more good circuits on the, on the calendar. Like, like, Spa. like Austin Motor Speedway. Sure. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Austin's a great track. Um, not for F1, but, you know, it's a good track. I'm, I'm messing. I'm just wanting to see Noah's response, but he's looking at the schedule for something. Uh, I didn't want to even respond to that. I Every time you bring up Texas on this podcast, eventually it's going to get to you. That's yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, I think it was a good – I mean, the start times were brutal for Americans. I mean, that probably – Yeah, hit, that needs that, to be changed. That probably hit – but they need it to be a night race. That's the thing. And what's the? I mean, there's plenty of there's, night. That's not true. midnight. I think it doesn't need to be a late I mean, it, night it gets race. Dar- it gets dark early, so I mean, yeah, make it like an 8 p.m. race there, 10 p.m. here. I mean, that's, that's fine. fine. And, and I'll disagree with you on that a little bit. Vegas looks great in the day as well. 
It's but not that they just, they just want the glitz and glamour. It's still that's what they're wanting. Dude, though. Vegas does not look that great in the day. It looks fine. It's I, fine. I like I like Vegas in the day. It's it the, looks something. It's, 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 it's an okay. It's an aesthetic. Yeah, it's different. It's plain. But Formula One wants to get the most kind of Ben's talking about, most bang for your buck. Yeah. And that will be a night race. You're right. Start start running practice sessions at 6 p.m. instead of 2 a.m. Yeah, that would be be a little bit. That's my advice to Formula One management. Like, move move everything forward slightly. Um, It might be difficult for your international viewers, but if you're really going for the U.S. market, commit. Mm-hmm. Let's it. see it. Commit Move your liberty. race forward. Commit liberty. Gotta Let's go. Commit. But yeah, that's going to do it for our talk on the Las Vegas Grand Prix. When we come back, we're going to talk about the final race of the year, Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So do not go anywhere. Next segment of the show is coming right back up. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to the Smooth Operators Podcast. I'm your good friend, Ben McClurkin, and we're going to jump right into the coverage of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the season finale of a very, very long 23-race Formula One calendar, Um, and it's a good one to end on, (laughs) said no one ever, (laughs) and I'll I'll tell you why, Um, and I'm going to start out with an opinion here, if that's okay with you guys. Abu Dhabi is not the season finale that we deserve. We deserve a Brazil or an Australia or a Japan. Somewhere that's fun, it's pretty, and it's run during the daytime so that you don't get bored with the night sky. I think that the track is fine. I think that the racing there is boring most of the time. This year there was a record number of overtakes, and still none of them were very Cindy or exciting. They just were kind of like DRS passes as always. And it's and it's like F1 designed this track to boost the number of overtakes in the DRS era. So because of the track design, you know, that's obviously a limit. But I think that we need to see, like, think about if we had the Australia race that we had this year at the end of the season. Three red flags, but at the end of the season. Can you imagine a season finale like that? Or Japan. You know, Japan was very action-packed this year. So was Brazil. All of these tracks are, um, you know, phenomenal racing events. I thought they were moving all the Middle East ones up next year. To, I like, hope so. Make sure, like, because I don't think they have. They released the schedule for next year. Or I think they have. Yeah, but Abu Dhabi's still the finale. Yeah, I think so. It, it's the finale every yeah. single year from. It's here a little on bit out. later this year, next year. It'll be December sixth through the eighth. I forgot why wow. they're changing because Qatar is moving to be the penultimate race. Between Vegas no. and Abu Dhabi. Um, trying to see what else. I don't want different. any more night races. Well, as of right now, we still have China. So Yeah, that's going to go away again. Which is going to be bad again. Because, again, that's another month break between Japan and Miami. So yeah. that's it, not great. Inevitably, but, that's going to go off the calendar. Um, but it is what it is. It is what it is. But, yeah, this race was interesting. So start off P1, Max Verstappen, of course. Followed in second place by Charles Leclerc of Ferrari. Third, George Russell, Mercedes. Fourth, Sergio Perez. Fifth, Lando Norris. Sixth, Oscar Piastri. Seventh, Fernando Alonso. Eighth, Yuki Sonoda. Nine, Lewis Hamilton. And rounding out the point scores, Lance Stroll. And the main topic, the main thing I pulled away from this was 
the big brain on Charles Leclerc. All right. Almost. Almost. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and tell Ferrari what they need to do. It's so simple. It's so – They need to not – So, so simple. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. You hire Charles Leclerc as a strategist and just get another driver. Dude, seriously, what That's were they doing? All you have to what do. were they doing with signs? I mean, they absolutely blew that for him. You know, I have not been looking forward to this podcast. Time to get back up to the front. Like, what were they thinking? I- I'm serious. Like, what were they doing? But no, it just—I think that this cost goes, them third. I know, but I think this goes to show you that or Charles, second, it cost them second. Charles Leclerc is a big brain driver in this scenario. I think. The way he handled that was very, very world class of him, and how like kind of like how he kind of thought about this. Yes, they kind of messed up science a little bit. They messed how that went, but I mean, he started off. I mean, I think he started off really. He started really rough with everything that happened, but then ends up that happens. I mean, you're not going to win a race when you're two people. You're not going to get the place back when you finish three points above uh, George Russell, and then. Two points above Hamilton. Like you have to have both your cars finish, especially in a race of this yeah. magnitude when <clears throat> this much is on the line. And they had the chance to. Mm-hmm. They did. They they blew their shot at at second in the world championship in the last race because of how they managed Sainz's race. And you know what? Mercedes almost threw it away as well with Lewis. Um, he didn't have a good race at all. Um, the pace wasn't there, and you know it was all Russell could do to beat Hamilton. Or to beat, to beat everybody to that podium, and I, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I think, I think, uh, Leclerc did the classy thing and didn't hold up Russell, in order to give Perez the cushion that he needed to avoid the penalty. But he so could have, you know, like if he had done that, that that still would have, that probably would have gotten them second in the championship. But classy move by Leclerc by not cheating. This is what Noah looks like right now. He looks like the DJ Khaled album like cover of Suffering from Success. I don't know how that popped into your mind. I don't know, because I saw him like this with his hand, and I thought that's what... You know, like, think about it. If Leclerc had just pumped the brakes a little bit on George when George started catching him up... I mean, no, there's not too much to be bad about it. I mean, it's just... Nothing what, Nothing that you personally could do. I yeah. mean, at this point, it is what it is. <laughs> but, I mean... I could have got a point ticket. All right? I could have... Mm. I could have been there. I, I mean, stop that from happening. You know, I, I need a time machine so I could just go back and just like hindsight's twenty twenty, man. That's all I'll no, say. Even a, you don't need hindsight for that. No, yeah. You as I was, was as I was, yeah. as I was watching them pit him for hards, I was like, oh, that's that's odd. I, and they kept bringing it back up, like, oh my gosh, you're right. What what are they thinking? Yeah, as soon as as soon as he made his first stop, I was like, well, his race is over. You know, I love. <laughs> doing this podcast with you guys and it's been a we're, real highlight we're, we're not of making, my we're not college making fun of Ferrari. Career. Yeah. But I hate Formula One so much because of what Ferrari does to me. I am irrational my, and I think they should bro, win my, every my, single race. Bro. And hey, it just hurts. Hey, hey, my God. It hurts me so much. I hate it here. I can't stand it anymore. Hey, hey, Ferrari bro. hurts me it's so okay. much. Hey, hey bro. Bro. Noah. We love you. We love you Noah. We're sorry for what you're going through. And you know what happened but you have that? to drop your Ferrari fanhood. Honestly, you have honestly, to. Dude, that was loud. Ferrari might have hurt me more than Auburn did this past weekend. No, Ooh. do not say that. Do not say such a thing. That's 
That's a, that's I'm a, that's still a, that's a Ferrari, hot take. Ferrari hurts me more than being an Auburn fan. No, they don't. Mm. No, they don't. No, they don't. They're one and the same. They're one and the same. It's it's the same. Because you can be rational with like Auburn though, because no, you, there's you, other you sports. Could. You there, could. You can root for this great volleyball team we're having. Ferrari Basketball has looks other, really good. Ferrari, Ferrari has other sports. Ain't nobody watching no they won the endurance race. Ain't nobody watching that. I Why? can't watch 24 hours of motor racing, dog. I could. Go Le Mans. Yeah, go go root for Ferrari. Um, But no. They have several Noah, different it's things. A, Noah, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. Your Ferrari and the Panthers have the same amount of wins this year. I just wanted you to know that right now. So, yeah, it's going. It's getting Ferrari rough. also had 24 opportunities, and the Panthers are only going to have like 15. So, womp womp. And we're sure we're probably going to end up with the same number. Yeah. And Ferrari's been world champions more times than the Panthers have. That's a I, fact. I just wish I could be rational. I, I cannot Dude, be I know. rational. The Panthers, yeah, al- the Panthers have also been around since 2000. So, actually, by numbers, 95. the Panthers have actually been around for much less time than Ferrari. So, I think their win-to-years ratio is probably better. Yeah, I don't know. Probably Ferrari's still better because, again, the Schumacher years. Yeah, because Ferrari had the Schumacher years and, and then, the 70s. Yeah. But still, no, no, it's yeah. a, no, it's going to get better. It's just what happened. Ferrari slow start to the year, had to figure out some things that they did not. We did not. We all did not expect Aston Martin to be the way they were at the start of the season. But I, and yeah, that held back Ferrari quite a bit, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And man, Aston Martin just really slowed down the rest of the season. And then they ended up getting. They were they went from second to to fifth in the yeah. constructors' things. Um, Fernando Alonso holds on to fourth. In the driver's standings, tying with Charles Leclerc, but get, passing him on the fact that he had more P2s yes. than Charles did. But, again, I thought this was a good a good race. I mean, Max wins by seven, basically 18 seconds over Leclerc. Yeah. But kind of like... Wasn't, wasn't checked out, though, at any point. No. He still had to, you know, not spin. <laughs> what happened at the end and just everything that was going on with that, especially like some of these points people like teams at the very end like we talked about like some stuff at the end for some of these constructors could yeah. mean a world of difference like um between like Alvatari, out Al, williams Alvatari, all these teams i mean um no points hold on let me check i'm having to switch around to different pages but yeah i mean yuki had a great race too four points that boosted Alvatari. Oh, they all, they didn't pass Williams, but still, they gave them a good, some more points. Yeah, if they had, I think they were off by like eight or nine points on Williams. There's no way they could have gotten that. Um, Williams had secured their position. He, he had a chance for a little while. I mean, he was he was in first for a little while. I yeah, think, yeah, I guess he he was in first. That was that think, was so odd. I think they said on the broadcast he's one of two Japanese drivers to yeah. ever have been P1 at any point in a Formula 1 race. Yeah, so I think it cool. was it was uh Takuma Sato or was it was it Nakajima? Uh oh, man, I'm trying to remember. I think it was Takuma Sato. But I'm glad they're giving him another chance. We're going to yeah. talk about the season recap more in the next one, but I'm glad they're giving him another chance cuz I think he did I mean 17 points for him in a not great car at all, especially having one two three different teammates throughout this season. I think that yeah. helps him a lot. I agree. I, wait, I actually did change. Ben, remember I told you to look up that thing earlier? Yes. It, it did change, actually, because Nick DeFreeze is not racing, and it's Daniel Ricciardo. So, oh. yeah. well, there you go. So no need to do that. Thank you, Ben. I know you were working hard on that one. <laughs> hey, no problem. Um, yeah, so I think it would have been, did Kamui Kobayashi lead a race? 
I'm sorry. I'm still hyper no, fixated on this. I want to talk about Perez for a second too. I mean, did we really think that collision was all his fault? I wasn't so sure uh, on my end. I'm not incident. sure. I don't think you give him a five second racing incident. They give out five seconds for anything, except if your name's Max Verstappen. I mean that five seconds from you, Las Vegas. I mean that five seconds allowed George Russell to get more points, which led to Ferrari finishing third in the constructor standings. Well, also, Charles Leclerc probably should have won the Las Vegas Grand Prix after Max Verstappen sent him close to the barriers in uh, the first turn. But, hey, we're not going to talk about how Max only got the five seconds for that. But, um, and, uh, it, like, I don't know. Man. Words. I think, I think it's a racing incident, mostly. Not really. George Russell's fault, maybe. Mm-hmm. You give him the five seconds just because, I mean, had a big impact on the season rankings, not the greatest thing in the world, but really you never can tell. So, I mean, yeah, that's true. But I mean, Charles, again, that's what I took away from it. Big brain. Max first ever driver to lead a thousand laps in a season. I think he's almost 300 more laps led than when Sebastian Vettel, I think it was his 2014 season. 20. It was one of the years during the Red Bull saga for Vettel. Yeah. It was Takuma Sato, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, Max pretty much wrapped up a perfect season by being more perfect. <laughs> um, um, imagine that. I, I, I think really big ups to Red Bull um, for executing the season so well. Um, I think in other, in other, if other teams were in the same position, <clears throat> they would blow it. Um, but you know, it's it, it it's been, I guess, hard to watch um if you if you are a person who only cares about championship fights for the lead of the standings but you know it, it also was a pretty entertaining season um was to be honest it it really wasn't that bad um i think people who who are tired of domination you know rightfully so but i'd say sum it all up abu dhabi was a was a pretty good race pretty good And with that, we're going to get to another break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about wrapping up the Formula 1 season. We're going to go through the final standings for the drivers and the constructors. We're going to go also through our fantasy F1, who won our league. We'll find out when we come back. So do not go anywhere. Second half of the show is coming up. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into Smooth Operators. We are about to get into a segment where we break down the season as a whole. The Formula One season won by the one and only Max Verstappen because he sent Charles Leclerc into the barriers at Las Vegas. I will never forget that. He should have given that uh, spot back. What? So. Turn one. So Charles Leclerc. What? I don't think that that I don't think that one singular incident. I don't think you can get racing incident. I don't think you can get 369 points from one single race. But you can if the FIA actually knew what they were doing. Maybe, <gasps> but let's go run through the drivers' standings real quick. Uh, first place, of course, Max Verstappen, Red Bull Racing, 575 points. Second place, his teammate Sergio Perez, redemption for last season, gets 285 points. And third place, Lewis Hamilton, pretty good second half of the season, 234 points for him. Fourth place was Fernando Alonso. Fifth, 
Charles Leclerc, they both tie, but Alonso was ahead of him due to more uh, time on more uh, more second place finishes. Lando Norris, what a comeback for him and the McLaren boys. 205 points, one point behind Leclerc and Alonso. In seventh, the only non-Red Bull race winner for the year, Carlos Sainz with 200 points. George Russell in eighth, 175. Oscar Priastri, ninth, 97. Lance Stroll, 10th, 74. Pierre Gasly, 11th, 62. Esteban Alcon, 12th. Uh, 58 in 12th with 58 points. Alex Albon in 13th with 27 points. Yuki Sonoda in 14th, 17 points. Valtteri Bottas 15th with 10 points. Nico Hulkenberg 9 points in 16th. Daniel Ricciardo 17th with 6 points. Guan Yu Zhou 18 points, uh, 18th with 6 points. Ken Maxson 19th with 3 points. Liam Lawson 20th with 2 points. Logan Sargent 21st with 1. And rounding out the 22 drivers this season, Nick DeVries, 22, 22nd place, zero points. Shout out Nick DeVries. Way to go. All right. So we'll do we'll, – I have an idea for this segment. Okay. both We're all going to go around. Give me one driver. Let's just not do Max right now. Give me one driver that you are impressed by their finishing position this year, and give me one driver you're disappointed with. Ben, I'll start with you. Uh, biggest disappointment was Valtteri Bottas. Um, very, very little – that I saw from him um, that was impressive or unimpressive, um, which is honestly worse than him doing horribly bad. Um, I think he he just kind of was putting around in the back. Um, driver I'm most impressed with, hmm. Oscar Piastri. Mm. Absolutely killed it this season. He, he really did blow it out of the water. Um, I know that McLaren's giving him a ton of praise, like, he raised our expectations for a rookie, but he he reminds me a lot of the young greats, you know, when those drivers first came in and they really made an impression, and he did that. Um, thinking about some of the legends of F1 and how their rookie seasons went, he's he's right up there with them. I mean, he, he really did a great job this season um, in a fairly uncompetitive car at the start of the season and then a really competitive car in the – late middle of the season um he he still did a good job throughout all parts of that um and there's no doubt in my mind that he would have a great season but man he really did shock me with how well he did so shout out to oscar all right noah uh my driver that i am the most disappointed with is going to have to be george russell i know the w14 he finished uh eighth with his teammate Lewis Hamilton in third. That's such a huge difference. He is the last of the drivers to score 100 points. He's in one of the top three, and he finished eighth. He should have been top sixth. The W14 hasn't been the best, but I think he could have got a lot more out of that car. And did he have a podium this year? I think so. If he did, he only had a couple, and I feel like he should have gotten a lot more as as Mercedes need him to overtake uh, Lewis's shadow if they hope he, to be good in the future. You got two poems this year, one at Spain and then one at Abu Dhabi. Exactly. I think he should have got at least a couple more, and I'm kind of disappointed with him. Um, those are my reasons. So Four DNFs for him this year. Yeah, that doesn't really help And one time crying on the radio. <laughs> All right, who are you impressed with? Exactly, now? Yeah, 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 the other thing. Um, <laughs> I am most impressed with Fernando Alonso. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of a 
week answer maybe in a little bit, but I mean, fourth in an Aston Martin car that took such leap and bounds uh, from this previous year. I think a good chunk of that is him being in the mechanic's ear and just knowing how to get those cars faster, 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 and the way they start out this year. Kind of mellowed out in the middle of the season towards the end, but they had a fantastic racing year over at Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso. Coming in fourth was, uh, I don't think, something anybody had on their bingo card. Yeah, um, for me, most disappointing. I don't know. Um, most disappointing for me. I know there was a bad car, but Kevin Magnuson, especially kind of what Haas kind of looked like last year, and kind of what he did in the Haas car sometimes, like Bahrain getting P five, only three points. The only driver, the the only driver not named Logan Sargent who drove more races this year and had less points. Um. Yeah, three points in a Haas. I mean, you, I was expecting a little, a little bit more from him, I, especially since he's getting brought back with only three points, and this is, he's been in F1 for a while, so that was interesting to me. So I was disappointed by that. Most impressed, it might be a little cop-out too, but Lando Norris, the way he was able to kind of like after McLaren's awful start to the season and ends up finishing P6, only one point away from getting up into potentially fourth place. I don't know what his and Alonso's records for P2s were, but – one point away from the top four. Just an incredible drive for him. I mean, he's finishing over two of the top three drivers, finishing over Carlos Sainz and George Russell, who, one of them who won a race this year. I mean, that's pretty impressive for me. And just the way the McLaren – I think the story for me, the second half of the season, just the way McLaren's been able to just kind of like not give up on themselves, just throw away the car, focus on 2024. They came back fighting, and it showed up for them. All right. Now let's go to the constructor standing. So, of course, Red Bull Racing – one at the constructor standing second year in a row, 860 points for them, followed in second by Mercedes, 409, Ferrari in third, 406, McLaren in fourth with 302, Aston Martin in fifth with 280, Alpine in sixth with 120, Williams in seventh with 28, Alphatari in eighth with 25, Alfa Romeo in ninth with 16, and at the bottom in 10th place, Haas with 12. So same thing I said last time. Most impressive besides Red Bull, and then um, most disappointing, Ben. Most disappointing constructor. Uh, I almost called them Renault, but Alpine. Um, they promised a lot. They were getting us to believe that they were going to finish fourth in the constructors' championship, which you know, far from it. Uh, they finished sixth, I believe. Um, and I- I'd like to say. The reason why they disappointed me is not because of where they finished, but because of how they ran their team. Um, there was a lot of f- turnover, um, a lot of internal conflict. Um, you know, there was there was a ton of investment being sent out, and I don't know. It just it like for to be the only works F one team that doesn't supply an engine to another team. You would think that it would be a lot easier to have everything together have your package working as a whole and not blame other people but still there's this blame culture inside of Alpine that I don't really think needs to be present in F1 especially with their whole short-term results thing um, and then they fired Otmar Safnauer who was the one person who seemed to have any reason within the team um, I think the drivers did a fairly good job but I think as a whole 
the team has a lot of progress to make from an organizational standpoint. And then most impressive team, obviously Red Bull. Um, they absolutely killed it this season. Didn't put a foot wrong. I said besides Red Bull. Well, I'm going to have to say Red Bull. Okay, fair enough. I, I mean, I can't not. They didn't make a mistake this season. Bruh. <laughs> Sorry, man. Okay, and then second most impressive team, I'll say um, Aston Martin. They, they finished a disappointing fifth in the constructors, but they also started off very, very strong. And they have a good leg to lean on going into next season. I'm very impressed with the progress they've made. And also, a lot of it is in a transitional period um, between moving facilities and having all of your engineers go from different places to being in one location. And all of that transition is happening while they're fighting for second in the championship. Obviously, they can't keep up with that and building a car for next year. But I think, really, they did a, they did a great job running the team. So, good on, Alf, or good on Aston Martin. All right, Noah. So, my most disappointing may be a little bit weird, but I'm going to go have to go with the last place team, Haas, uh, just because I thought they could have got a lot more than just 12 points this season. I thought they might have been a fighter for that eighth, uh, seventh spot, but to come in 10th with only getting 12 points with uh, experience behind the wheel there in the Haas team, I really thought – they were going to do something this year. I didn't think they were going to win a race or get a podium or consistently score points, but I thought it, you know, they would at least get a lot more than 12 uh, on the season, and um, which really shows because they finished last. But my most impressive team, I mean, the answer is Red Bull. By God, that is the single most impressive season, I think, in the history of whatever I know, I'll do it to myself Bruh. too. But um, honestly, my second most impressive would probably be that Williams team having issues uh, with their driver and Nick DeVries. What? Or no, excuse me, that's Alphatari. Never mind. Huh? Nah, forget about that. Forget about that. Forget about that. I'm sorry. Huh? I forgot. Sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> My my most impressive uh, is still going to be AlphaTauri then because having issues with one of your drivers and having to bring in Daniel Ricciardo is kind of a little bit of a cheat code. But even the fact that you were able to rebound that and get eighth uh, when you were barely scoring points at the start of the season and be able to rebound that uh, to that and really gather yourself and grab a uh, eighth place finish yeah. is really impressive. Only three points off from uh, the last of the uh, Black Flaggers uh, going to seventh. Can uh, somebody please give Liam Lawson a seat? That man that man sold up there. He did a good job. Um, Sorry, Griggs. You're good. Uh, you're for me, good. Alfa Romeo, most disappointing. I mean, did we ever really hear about them at all this season? Not really. No, they at, did a great point. job of not being on camera. Exactly. And I think my most impressive, besides Red Bull, of course, I mean, I'm going to give it to Mercedes. I mean, the way they rebound. I mean, the W14 wasn't really a good car. Another Still year, wasn't. No, another year for Lewis Hamilton without a win. First year that the British national anthem was not played at the top, the top step of the podium since the 50s, I believe. So that was pretty crazy. But yeah. Really? The 50s? I, I think so. I think that's what it said. ESPN F1 said, I think 54. Crazy. Ooh. But yeah, that is going to do it for our talk on the F1 season. When we come back, we're going to talk about our personal favorite moments from the season and wrap up any thoughts we have and close the chapter on the F1 2023 season. So do not go anywhere. Last segment of the show is coming up next. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. 
All right, this is it, boys. We're back for our final segment of the season. Uh, it's been great to wrap up season two of Smooth Operators with you guys. I've really, really enjoyed it. Our but first full season. Our first, our first full F1 season, but I guess technically it is season two because season one started about last September, fall, I think. Yeah. Last September. Um, so it's been a good run. Uh, two-year anniversary coming up next September. So stay tuned for that. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Um, thank you, thank you. We, but you know, as we as we wrap up this uh, this season of Formula One, um, we still have lots to look forward to. Um, Get ready lots, for livery talk, everybody. Lots of change coming. Um, I think we have some we have some special things in the works for the for the off season besides just fighting for our lives, talking about liveries. Um, so we'll get back to you guys with that. No, Uh, we have some more F1 content coming for you guys over the break. That's not going to be directly related to current events. Uh, If you want to be up to date on the, what happened. Yeah. Stay on our Twitter. If you do feel so inclined, feel so inclined at SMOP podcast. The link will be in the episode description, wherever you get your podcast today, but let's wrap up this season. Yeah. Let's talk about, Give me one race, Ben, that you were like, "Wow, this was a this was my favorite race of the season." Well, I really would be inclined to say um, Miami. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I mean, Miami really wasn't that bad this year, but the one that takes the cake for me has got to be Brazil. Um, decent, really, really good on track action. Um, a lot of incidents. I'm sorry that that thing happened to your friend Noah with, with Charles crashing out before that. It, I'm not going to address that. But, you know, a lot of on-track action, a, a very crazy first lap incident that's still hard to wrap my head around. Um, just the way that that all went down was just crazy, man. And, you know, last lap battles, lots of overtaking. It was it was really uh, the most fun race this season. And I think that if that was the one that I remember for the whole season, and if that's how the whole season went, you know, I'm okay with that. Like Max Verstappen walked off, but everybody else had a very, very exciting battle. And I think that's probably the best way to sum up this year. Um, yeah, Max Verstappen walked the championship, but most of the other racing was actually really good. So my my race of choice is Brazil. Noah. So um, I'm not basing this selection off on-track action or did I enjoy the race or what actually happened in the race. I am basing this selection off the basic fact that when the race ended and you looked upon that podium on the top step, there was not a blue and red uh, fire suit sitting back at you. I am going to say Singapore was my favorite race of the season because you got to look at a whole lot of red when Carlos Sainz (laughs) lifted that trophy up for Ferrari. Ferrari won a race. You know, I hope they win a lot more next season, but Singapore is my favorite race in this season because of who and why. Or, geez, not who, what, when, where, why? Who, con- what, when, where, why of who was on that. I'll concede stuff. Singapore was a really, really good that race. Was, that was a good race. Red Bull being off the pace just really kind of. It was odd, though, because that was just a one race thing, which just goes to show you just how dominant yeah. Red Bull is. Like, we saw, like, oi, we have a problem. Let's fix this. <laughs> yeah. Immediately figured it out. They also knew that they were going to be weak going into the weekend, so yeah. they figured it out. All right, Griggs. for me, this one had everything. It had racing. It had chaos. Mm. It had multiple stoppages. I'm talking about the Dutch, uh, the Dutch Grand Prix. Yes, that one was crazy. I mean, look, listen to this podium: Max Verstappen P1, 
Fernando Alonso P2, Pierre Gasly P3. Yeah, that was an awesome race. That was an awesome race as well. Only three seconds between Max and Alonso with that. Multiple red flags stopping it, the race at some points. I mean, dang, it was it crazy. It was crazy. Can I, I, can I interject something? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying I really, really enjoyed that race. Just It was like you think Matt was, Max was going to run away with it, and then there would be another red flag or rain or yeah. some other element would be thrown in there. That's why I'd say that would be my favorite race of the year. Uh, I remember that one fondly. I also wanted to bring back up uh, Australia. Oh, yes. That was a good one. Man. That's so long ago. That was so long ago. But see, like there there were many races. Everybody's like, uh, Max Verstappen wins again and gets bored of it. But like there were so many races this season that were actually just really good. Mm-hmm. Like purely purely from a racing aspect. Like there, Australia was a great race. I mean, it was terrible for like, you know. F1 standards by like you know clean driving and all of that but you know like it was chaotic it was entertaining and it was it was really fun to watch the British Grand Prix that battle between Mercedes and McLaren they were going back and forth swapping between Oscar and George and Lewis and and Lando and that was that was awesome I mean there there were some real highlights this season I really would like to say that it was an enjoyable season to watch if you didn't care everything about first place in the championship which, which is hard because that's a lot of what American sports is built around of yeah which this season was not great for the American fan I'd say on the average like trying to get into F1 because if you were trying to get into F1 this year an American fan and you're just so set on first place in both championships I mean yeah, and it, and you're feel, not a racing I, I mean, fan. I mean, I feel bad for you, like because I used yeah. to kind of think that way, but like just the midfield action, like people were like, "Why are you still watching? Max is going to win every race." I'm like, the little piece, the little bits and pieces that can happen in each race, like yeah, the, the second place isn't always the same second place in each race. No, it, it's just there's so much but, going with on. Max Verstappen having the greatest single dominant season in Formula One history, most race wins consecutively, most laps led by oh, almost over 300 laps, most podiums for himself, I believe. I think yeah. Every race finished on the podium except that uh, he Singapore. Finished. Yeah. No, he, fin- he, fin- he finished every race. He did not DNF yeah. in a single race. The most points of all time. He would have won the constructors' championship by himself. And I think he would have clinched it, <laughs> not at not at Abu Dhabi. <laughs> I think he would have clinched it before then, as as his own constructor. It's it's probably the single best season that I've ever been alive to witness. We'll never. See, I don't think we'll see another better season. Like I, it's. Almost statistically impossible to win every race, but three. Yeah, it's un- unbelievable. Like, yeah, especially with all the mechanical stuff that has to go right with your car every single race. You're saying that now, but uh, you just wait for Ferrari next year, buddy. Mm. I, get, I would I, love I, to I, see it. I would go love to see it. it. I'm going to guess Charles Leclerc is going to be your prediction for next year's Bahrain Grand Prix. Correct. I would be correct. Uh, but yeah, this has been a great season. We've appreciate y'all. We try. Y'all stuck with us. We tried out a little bit something different this past summer. We did Sundays instead of Fridays. We really enjoyed that with the Discord, uh, doing it on Discord and putting it on YouTube and recording it. So we hope you all enjoyed that. We've got some content coming your way this offseason. We don't know how, but if you want to stay connected with us, all our Twitters are on the at SMOP podcast, our, our Twitter show. Twitter for the show. If you do feel so inclined, check that out. Follow that. But that's going to do it for our show. We Our F1 2023 finale is wrapped up. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you missed any of today's show, you can check it out on your favorite podcast platform. If you do feel so inclined, follow our Twitter at SMOP Podcast. We, stay tuned to that. We'll have announcements coming soon of what our content's going to be like for the month of December. But until next time, for Ben McClurkin, Noah Phillips, I'm Griggs Blankenberg. This has been Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a great 
holiday season and War Eagle. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.